Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. When I look at what Mitchell did last week, the game that he put together under all the circumstances he was under, so proud of him stepping up and, and making plays and playing four great quarters. He really did, and I like that. You know, we're that's a that's a growth for us right there last week. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? The pocket's not always gotta be clean. It's quarterback's job to stay in there and try to buy as much time as possible. You gotta stay in there with courage and deliver the ball. And you see a lot of the really good guys around the league are doing that. They're able to put the ball in a good spot, uh, even when they're taking hits or when the pot's not clean. With WGN's Adam Hogue. He's a great man. And you know this, man! And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. He's got stuff. Very impressive. Boom! We're getting into a, uh, the one and zero mentality, and, and we have a great opportunity here in front of us. Yeah, we always do that. If you play a team that you played last year, just see what kind of calls they're looking at, how they're playing you, and what we can improve on last year. So you always do that after the game, and when you play them again the, the next year, uh, you look at that and see how you can improve and do things differently and what worked and what didn't. Here they are, the Adams. They're good. Hogan Johns. They are good. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns coming to you. Week 11. Bears, Rams. It, it feels like a long season, but I can't believe it's week 11 already. You're right. That's Does that make sense? Yes. I feel, has, like, I feel like we reach this point every year where there's snow on the ground in November. Feels long, but like, wow, it's week 11. See, I do feel like the weather is messing with us. Yeah. We've never had this much snow in November. No, no. It's supposed it's, to be warmer next week. This cold is ridiculous. It's supposed to be warm in LA. I know that. It's where the Bears play this week. 86 on Sunday. I'm excited to Bring see. Bring those trunks, baby. I've never been to the Coliseum before. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I've driven by it. I think it's going to be one of those things where we get in there. It's like, ah, okay, cool. The Coliseum's cool. Kind of a dumpy stadium. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a candlestick a few years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, this is pretty cool. Oh, I got to walk across the field to get the locker room? Okay, this is different. That's a good example, though, because I was like, yeah, glad I got to see this place. Good thing I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> yeah, tear this son of a gun down. But I'm glad that I could... Uh, I don't think they have torn that down, have they? Candlestick? It's just sitting there. I think it's just sitting Rotting. There in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Like the Coliseum. Yeah. Paul Zerang was telling me that it's in a bad area. Yeah. He was telling me about some concert he did there in the 90s, and uh, people were just trying to steal their sound equipment. <laughs> Isn't like USC just right across the street, the campus? I think it's close. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I've never been to the USC campus either. Um, but we will be there, and it's Bears-Rams this week. An interesting matchup between two teams that have been struggling uh, below expectations and offensively. There's a lot of similarities here between what uh, you got in two offensive-minded head coaches that are you know, last year getting all the credit in the world for... You know, they're offensive minds, and then all of a sudden, kind of seems like this year, some injuries have struck, and some teams have caught up, maybe, Yeah, in in, uh, in defending these two offenses. We'll get into it a little bit later, but I just watched the uh, the Rams-Steelers game from Sunday, and holy crap, was that game awful. Oof. 
Steelers are playing okay football, especially defensively. They are. Uh, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic, theathletic.com, the Athletic app. That's where you get our bonus episode in the middle of the week. We had a good episode the other day breaking down uh, the Cleo Max. I don't even want to call it struggles, but just limitations... Well, he needs sacks, but yes. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. He's still an outstanding football player, and that's obviously why you're throwing everything and anything at him, but yes, get some sacks. Um, if you'd like to go back and listen to that, you can subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you could also read my story. I, I kind of broke down how the Lions specifically defended him, and it really, I think, explains uh, why he has been effective but not productive. As Ted Monachino, the Bears' outside linebackers coach, told us the other day. So uh, you can get all that. Anything you need to plug on The Athletic? Uh, we'll get there. It comes naturally, organically. Yes. Part of the conversation. Which is why we have this. Yes. Okay. Uh, what else? I, I, I should say, like, you could still subscribe through the Hogan Johns um, link. So it's theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Yes. 40% could, off. Yes. You could, it's three bucks a month, people. Three bucks a month. That's cheaper than your lattes. That's cheaper than a beer in Chicago at any bar. Any bar. It's the last time you bought a three dollar beer. It's even cheaper than that awesome Goose Island deal we had last week. Yes. Yes. Just which saying. was a great deal. Just saying. Yes. But this is even cheaper than that. Yeah. So you can sign up and again it's an amazing deal for a lot of great stuff. And you're getting not just Bears coverage, not just our podcast, but all coverage of every team you root for. It's all there for you. Yes. So, all right. Where should we start? I'd like to first point out that I. it's amazing. Uh, it seems like Mitch Trubisky has avoided criticism for a week in his press conference. Nothing blew up yesterday. No. No, 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 no. controversies. He, I wonder why. They won a football game. See, this, this is... He was intentionally bland. Did you listen to him? Yeah. I, I know you took your sick day yesterday. Yeah, I was sitting right here in the seat, though, okay, listening, listening live okay. and rolling on it. He was intentionally bland. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, I feel like he was actually that way last year, until or last week, until, no, but he would, until he got to your question. He would get jokes in there. You know, last week, he was actually buddy with, some, question, with yes. some responses. And then he got to my question, and then he expanded a little bit, threw a little humor in there, but a lot of people missed that, apparently. No, don't care. I know, Mitch, I know. What? what? Yeah. Um, nothing in there. I can't think of a one one single thing he said that was notable. <laughs> it's just fine, actually. After last week, it's refreshing. Yeah, it's fine. I'm. I got. Uh, it's fine. It's fine with me. But there's uh, unfortunately there's nothing for us to talk about <laughs> with, with Mitch yeah. Trubisky this week. Except for yeah. Except for can he? Uh, you know. Stack two good games together, and yeah. by the way, and we're gonna—I I, want to wait till we get to the Rams yeah, preview. Yeah. But this was probably his worst game last year. Was against the Rams. Yeah, first game back from so, injury, and I, I'm gonna go rewind back to that enormous. I, I found you know all that 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 crazy 
basically book I wrote on Mitch Trubisky right before the season on his whole 2018 season. <laughs> it's been nice to go back and reference when they play teams that they played last yeah, year. A crazy so, book. Yeah. So instead of having to go watch back, go watch the whole game again, I just read what I wrote on the game. Um, all right. So we'll get to that in a second. Colin Kaepernick. Back in the news, what a I want a, a weird story this week. It is a weird story. The motivations behind it are odd. Um, it's a PR stunt. Let's just call it what it is. It's a sham. Part of me wants Kaepernick to call their bluff on it. In, in what way? Not show up? Well, or just go through not, it? Not like you know, say he's showing up and not show up, but just be like, you know what? This doesn't seem right to me. Uh, Saturday in November. Like, are, are you serious? Like, the best day to have this, if you're having it in season, would be a Tuesday. It's when teams across the league host players at their facilities for tryouts. Yeah. It's when the GM can be there. It's when the head coach can be there. Their regular team is usually off. But no, if you're going to do it on a Saturday... Right, Pacers are going to be there. Well, Nagy's not going to be there. They're going to be on a plane going to California. Well, the, the teams already have issues on Saturdays because you have you have some GMs that like to be at college football yes, games, yes. and you have some GMs that pick and choose because they'd rather be with their team traveling wherever they're yeah, going. Yeah. So you could just take the Bears for example this week. Um, I don't necessarily know Ryan Pace's plans. Sometimes GMs fly out early. For instance, last week. Even though it was just Northwestern Purdue, uh, Bob Quinn, the Lions GM, was... Actually, I should say this. I don't even know if he was there or not. I did not actually see him. However, he was on the list of names that was okay. you know had a pass to attend the Northwestern Purdue game. Now I think about it, I never actually saw him. So it's possible he just you know put it in as an option to go and never actually showed up. Or, maybe fair, he yeah, did, yeah. Or, or he came to Chicago early. To, to watch that game knowing his team would be getting there later in the day. Yeah. Okay. Some GMs just want to be with their team go you know, going out to California. And I do know that Pace, I think his first couple years, was attending way more college football games on Saturdays than he has the last couple seasons. It's true. Yep. So they're already in a bind on how they handle college football. Now you're gonna throw in Oh, there's this other workout in Atlanta for one player that hasn't played in three years. Yeah, it, it, and by the way, there's so much politics behind this too. Just in the idea of, oh, do we need to be represented? Is it going to look bad if we're not represented? Do we even need a quarterback? Do you know? It's optics. It, it, yeah. which means it's a PR stunt. It's optics. It's pol- honestly, it's politics. Yes, yes, yes. And this is the time of year where teams are doing their extra due diligence, where you're, you're bringing in your top scouts, like you're over-the-top scouts, the cross-check guys, right? They're going to more games. And it just, it just the whole like timeline of this. Like, have you been following like national reporters on this, whether it's been Charles Rob- Robinson of, of Yahoo Sports or Adam Schefter or Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated? Mike Silver had some great stuff yesterday, yes. too. Yes, where the the NFL gave certain national reporters a heads up that they were going to do this, and then they announced it, didn't even inform Kaepernick's representatives yet, and then they sent the memo to the teams. 
And there's apparently teams reportedly reaching back out to Kaepernick's like, hey, just wanted to check in. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. It just seems odd. And you got, you know, reporters across the league now asking teams if they're going or not. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, here, here, let me give you a couple of this just for our listeners who maybe haven't haven't seen all this. But, for instance, this is just three minutes ago from Charles Robinson in the middle of us recording right now. NFL will likely ask longtime veteran coach Joe Philbin to handle the drills in the Colin Kaepernick workout on Saturday. Today is an important day to make this happen. Late Wednesday night, no throwing program had been scripted and no players had been locked down to catch balls. Like, like what the heck is going on? I know. It's, it's, been, it's, it's just... Cause you gotta I, I, ever, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's possible it doesn't. I mean, we're 48 hours out. Yeah. As we're recording this. This thing's supposed to happen in 48 hours. And there's been different information on providing the list of teams that are even going to show up, personnel that's going to show up. Which is, honestly, I was confused by that. Were they even talking about like publicly? Because I feel like there's some teams that don't even want people to know that they're showing up or not, or maybe more importantly, not showing up. Because, like you said, the optics, it looks bad if you don't show up. Yeah. Like you're going to get backlash if you don't show up, and some teams, like teams are changing their schedule, scouting schedules right now to make sure somebody is there. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, look at the team like the Bears, and I'm not making excuses for them. I think they should have somebody there. We can get into the quarterback need as part of this too in a second. But if you're the, I would think if you're the Bears, you want to have somebody there at a minimum just for the optics of it. But you're playing on a west, you're playing West Coast game, so. You're already complicating things like if Ryan Pace wanted to go to this, which I'm guessing he won't, but if he wanted to go, now he's got to go to Atlanta to go to L.A., and at least the game's at night. But they're on the West Coast, so they have personnel going West. You got your national scouts probably already scheduled to go to different games across the country for college football. Your area scouts, same deal. Like, who are you sending to this? Yeah. That wouldn't have already been assigned to a college football game. And now you're going to pull... Are you going to pull away scouts from a college game to go to a college Kaepernick workout? You know, it's it's not as easy as it sounds on such short notice, which is why it's very interesting to hear some of the details come out and how this thing even came, you know, came together. I feel like the NFL, again, this is just my opinion, is like trying to call Kaepernick's bluff that he's actually ready. You know what I'm saying? Like he's been saying, he's been working out. He's in shape. He's ready whenever the NFL is. So the NFL is giving the, him this what? This this put up or shut up opportunity. Yeah. I almost feel like he should call the NFL's bluff for what this is. Teams were notified on Tuesday of this. Yes, I guess that's more than enough time to adjust your scouting schedules. But there's just too many. Uh, Red flags coming from the NFL side about how they're handling this. Again, teams are probably wondering what they're going to see. So, so now it's Thursday. They don't know what type of throwing program they're going to have. If you just look like at other pro days, right? Like it's so scripted for these kids. Mm-hmm. All these colleges programs, like every kid should look good in their pro day because it's scripted. It's throws that they know they should make. They practice this routine. What are they going to see out of Kaepernick? I guess maybe that helps in a case, but 
I'm sure teams want to have a better grasp of what type of program he's actually going to put on. This is an interesting tweet from Bomani Jones about an hour ago. He says, my contention based on who I've talked to and a hunch or two is the commissioner would like Cap back in the league. The owners were the holdup, not the league office, but the commissioner is also a bit bumbling. This workout thing seems more incompetent than disingenuous. I guess that's fair. He's been called... <laughs> He's been, Roger Goodell has been called incompetent before. He's been called worse, too. It, the, the interesting thing to me, though, is like why the NFL need, even needs to be involved in this. I mean, technically, Colin Kaepernick can hold the workout whenever he wants. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? Yeah. The only reason that this would have to be like an NFL-sanctioned event is because they have to give permission to the teams to show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this just this just if you think about it that way, just even goes it serves as further proof that there has that this guy has been effectively banned from the league. Like this whole thing is almost like a permission slip to NFL teams saying you can go look at Colin Kaepernick. Because there's nothing in the rules that says a free agent can't work out for teams whenever he wants. Yeah. Like, this has to be an NFL event because it had to be, like, the league office saying, hey, hey know, look, we're putting this together. You're allowed to go to yeah, it. Yeah, that's almost a good point. Like, even if Kaepernick... Thanks, it's like, almost a good point. What? <laughs> like, it's almost a good point. <laughs> no, that's a, actually, it's a very good point. Like, why hasn't Kaepernick's camped on this already, in a sense? I think they've wanted to, and teams won't go. Yeah, but that brings up the optics thing again. Again. Is, isn't it a bad look if, if you don't go? But... If all 32, I hate to say it, collusion, if all 32 teams say we're not going to show up. But you already have seen cases of teams being at least partially open-minded. The, the Seahawks come to mind. The Broncos come to mind. They entertained signing him. Both teams did. Yeah. I would love to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff this week. Yeah. I, I think this tweet from Bomani Jones makes a lot of sense. That this is almost like... Uh, okay, if Goodell wants yeah. Cap back in the league... Part of this could be like we're going to make this an NFL event to force teams to go to. Yeah, it. it's fair. It's fair. It's putting it, pressure on the, the on the owners, owners yeah. that don't want anything to do with him. And look, come on, you you can argue that Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough to be a starter, maybe even in the league. I I would say if you look at some of the quarterbacks around the league and how many backups are playing right now, that I would disagree with you. It's completely fair to say. What does he look like after three years of sitting out? I understand that. But if you go backwards three years and even apply it to now, there's no doubt when you look at some of these quarterbacks that are in the league right now as backups or third stringers, that Colin Kaepernick is good enough to have a job. The the only explanation for him not being in the league for three years is that he was effectively banned. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a reality. and, And I'm just... That's... Regardless of how you feel about the politics, I'm talking to our listeners now. Like you have to be able to accept that, right? I I will say this. Speaking of politics, is is that a lot of people? So he's not your starter. So he's not your starter. This is also why maybe Tim Tebow is not in the league, right? Yeah. Okay, but Tim Tebow was bad. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. But Kaepernick, Alan Kaepernick, although I think he's a good quarterback, let's not overrate and say he was a great quarterback. I'm completely on board with you on that. All right, I'll, I'll just say this. Just. We know this. This is not me thinking. This is how, how teams think. If your backup quarterback is going to be a national story every week, I'm guessing a lot of those teams, I, I know this, would not want that. 
Is okay. that fair? Yes. Like, if he's going to be your backup, you want a guy who stays behind the scenes and helps your starter. But if your backup is a national story for for an honorable reason, to some people, I mean, I, again, this is politics, right or wrong, whatever, how, whatever way you feel. I, I'm, I'm not stating yep. my, my political beliefs here. That teams would be, we, we know this, would be inclined not to sign a guy like that. You get what I'm saying? I do. Counterpoint. There are 32 teams. There's all it takes is one. And when you see teams like the Raiders trading for Antonio Brown, and after all that craziness yeah. with Antonio Brown in, in Oakland, the Patriots pick him yeah, up. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, like, like all- Donald Trump is not tweeting about the president of the United States is not getting involved in the Antonio Brown matter. He doesn't care about Josh Gordon. You know, like there, there's a significant difference. Like he's someone else has taken this conversation from Kaepernick. Is that right. fair? That's to say? why. Yes. Well, well, holy, yeah. I mean, this goes so. We're much. not talking about like be, be locker room behavior. We're talking about politics. Well, now. you're talking. Oh, absolutely. Because you got NFL owners that have money in Donald Trump's wallet. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and again, this I is, think that's this is not opinion. Yes. This is just explaining the situation. Yeah, yes. that, like that, that's how deep this goes. Yeah. Like you have NFL owners that have donated to the president's campaign. Fact. Yes. And the and the president doesn't like this guy and. And don't forget, the NFL is a huge corporate entity. entity. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that anytime you get very a big, involved with the military, yes. It, it, it's very complicated. So, this, I, that's why I'm hesitant to say that this, to, to just full out call this a PR stunt. Because I do think that. Well, there's some PR elements to this you cannot ignore. Definitely. But I also think that there are some conflicts between the league and some of the league owners and I'm going to go back to the idea that I think part of why this is being bumbled uh, is because this was kind of put together hastily, I think to pressure some of the league owners that are fully against him. And unfortunately Kaepernick is caught in the middle of this. Maybe some of it's disingenuous. I'm just not sure it's completely disingenuous if that makes sense. I think there are some people that want Cap back in the league. Yeah. Well, he should be. Because the there's good yeah, PR yeah, yeah, that can yeah. come from that, yeah, too. Yeah. Especially, I'm interested. Here's, here's another thing about the timing of this. It's possible. I mean, you got an impeachment hearing going on. Yes. You got an election going. You're talking yeah. about a president that is could, under a lot of fire, rightfully of, so. Yeah. Could be out of office, yeah. you know, by the end of this coming year, or, you know, I guess the full year. Or even sooner, depending on what happens here with the impeachment. It's very, the whole thing is very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very, very layered. Oh my God, it is. Okay. And we haven't even mentioned the Chicago Bears. Yes. <laughs> and some columns that are being written that they should go to this thing in Atlanta and sign them right there. <laughs> should they start them Sunday against the Rams? See how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I see zero percent chance of the Bears signing Colin Kaepernick. In the middle of the season. No. Now, where I think this is an interesting conversation is if Mitchell Trubisky continues to struggle the rest of the year and we go back to this conversation that we've already had about who they should sign as competition in the offseason. And you could argue that if your options are Jameis Winston, who's got his own personal issues, I don't think he's a great fit in the Bears locker room. 
uh, in as I mean, had lots of proof still as a quarterback. Marcus Mariota, who I think has more realistic ties to this offense, very so to this very team much so. with Mark Helfrich, um, but also, by the way, not very good the last three years. Or Cam Newton, who's probably more obviously more accomplished than those other two, but has had. See, I would I would be all in on Cam Newton, all in on Cam Newton. But what about the injury? It's it, that's it's as I was going to say. If he's just can prove that he's healthy, and, and you can. What, not- he, what if he's done? Could be done. Could be done. He's had a lot of serious ailments, man. And I, by the way, let me clarify. I don't mean done like retired. I mean like he's probably he, there's a good chance he's never going to be Cam Newton again. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. A, a healthy so that, Cam Newton. I'm all in on that. So then you're just all paying in. for damaged goods in yes. free agency, yeah. which happens way too much, and you don't have enough money to waste like another eighteen million dollars on a bad quarterback. I don't think like you did with Mike Glennon. I don't think you would actually financially fit that in the cap, but yes. Exactly. So, if the demand on Colin Kaepernick's low, and again, I'm talking offseason. I don't see any way this happens. And by the way, if Trubisky plays better the rest of the way, it, that's a completely different conversation. But if they feel like they need to add quarterback, a quarterback to challenge Trubisky in the offseason, there, there are a lot of arguments that Kaepernick makes a lot of sense. Because I, I think the price would be lower because I don't know how big the demand's going to be on this guy. There's questions about how, you know, he hasn't played for three years. That could also be spun as a positive thing, though. Yeah. He's probably healthier than most of these. Certainly healthier than Cam Newton. Yeah. And as in terms of a fit in this scheme that Matt Nagy wants to run with RPOs and quarterback on the move. Oh, he doesn't make... Actually, Trubisky could probably do some more of that stuff, but... I think a lot of players would be excited by the addition of a Colin Kaepernick. You're talking about Bears players? Yes. Yes. I, I think any locker room actually would be excited by a player like this, just of what it means significantly for maybe the historical impact of the organization. Does that make sense? Like, your team is the team bringing Colin Kaepernick back into the NFL. Yeah. Do I think he could still play? Yes. Does he deserve a chance? It's it's so overdue. So overdue. The issue of distraction is very, very interesting because on one hand, if you bring in Mariota or Winston or Newton or who else am I forgetting, other options that could be out there this offseason – you're still creating a situation, and I'm sure the Bears are going to be very cautious of this if they even feel like they need to go out and get somebody, where everybody's going to be calling for the backup to play. Well, the entire thing for the Bears is going to be a circus. Yeah. That's why, for their sake, Trubisky better play better the rest of the way. Yes. Um, so, but is that even more, is that heightened more if Kaepernick is that guy? See, my argument would be, like you just said, it's going to be a circus no matter what. Everybody's going to be calling for Trubisky to sit, no matter who it is. If it's Kaepernick, though, 
it's an intense national spotlight. And by the well, way, it's beyond just sports coverage. That's what so I'm saying. It's, 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 it's what I was getting back about like the backup. NBC News, CNN. Yeah, that's, that was my point about showing up in Bourbon and camping out for three weeks. Yes, yes. Hey, we better get those Fairfield reservations. <laughs> get them in now. But that that's my point about the the backup situation. Yes, like physically, leadership wise, everything that he brings to the table. Yes, he should be in the league. Yes, he's better than a lot of quarterbacks playing right now. But there's just more that comes with it. Fair or not. Yeah. Fair or not, it's just the truth of the matter. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you just laid it out. NBC no. Sport, NBC National News. We're going to have George Stephanopoulos down the hallway at the Fairfield from us. I, I think he works for ABC. I know. I know. He's Ch- small Chuck guy. Todd. Chuck Todd, okay. Chuck Todd's a regular on WGN Radio. He yeah. can come out. Okay. And come on the podcast. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. There'll be news reporters from Chicago down there. Be crazy. It'd be bigger. It's it's just the truth of the matter. This whole thing is is uh real quickly, here here's and we'll move on. Here's some stuff from Michael Silver too. Not only was Colin Kaepernick caught off guard by Tuesday's league-initiated push for the workout, but so were most or perhaps all team executives. Kaepernick was given two hours to accept or reject the league's offer. That's where it seems disingenuous. And the date and place were non-negotiable. This is what I think Colin Kaepernick should do. Just a Bears writer opinion here. Yeah, Call their bluff. Hold your own. Now you got... Interest, you got conversation going. Invite all 32 teams. Take control of your story again. Take control of your workout. Wait, I'm just to clarify, you're saying by what are you saying by call their bluff? Show up at this workout? No, have your own. Have your own. Have your own. You're that's interesting because it's like the permission now has already been granted. Yes, have your own. Huh. And what does that accomplish? Well, the same thing this is, is supposed to accomplish. But do you think Team people CU. would still come if he rejects the league's offer and ha- has his own? Because here's the well, other well, thing. If, if teams are, are actually questioning the NFL's intentions here, they're almost on his side now in a sense. Yeah. Right? Like there's, I forget who, who's the reporter, that teams have actually, executives personally have reached out to Colin Kaepernick apologizing for not being able to attend. Yeah. Like, if this is all the case, some of the teams are already back on his side. Yeah. This is layered, man. It is. Uh, it's very interesting. I. Uh, all right. Well, to uh, this is technically another politics story, but not really. Uh, but I did want to bring this up because I... I just saw this yesterday. And by the way, let's bring in our, uh, our friend, Joey Jojo, who's in the house. What's up, Joe? How we doing, boys? Hey, Joe. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo <laughs> Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye, Joey Jojo. You hanging in there, Joe? I'm trying to, yeah. You're still recovering from our live show last week, right? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys over at Kroll's, they kicked me out. Uh, I just showed them the spot that I used to sleep in, and they said, you you got to get out. Uh, see, we shouldn't have given away your secret. Um, all right, so this, this next story is only political because it was actually passed. It it's, technically has nothing to do with sports, but has an impact on sports. Did you see this, that the Illinois State Senate 
passed a bill yeah. to, that would keep the state of Illinois on daylight savings time. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. First of all, it has to pass the House, and then there's actually federal approval here. And other states, there's a couple other states that have actually already passed this. And it, I think what's going to most likely scenario here is that if a, this could end up just being a national movement where the whole country ends up getting rid of, or would stay on daylight savings time. So the reasoning here is there are studies, and I did actually did some research on this last night. There are studies that show that um, this period of time we're in now, which is not daylight savings time, where we turn the clocks back and it gets dark way earlier, which nobody likes, that traffic accidents go up, more pedestrians get hit by cars, because it's dark out in the PM commute. Yes. Now you would and think, nobody likes going home and it's dark out. I know. Now on the flip side, it's depressive. It would be there, dark yeah. the entire morning commute. Well, I guess not the entire morning commute. At least it's going to get light. <laughs> but your kids would be getting on the like my kid would be getting on the bus in the dark every day. That seems weird. Yeah. Like I actually enjoy when we turn the clocks back because in the morning it's I don't like waking up in the dark. Yeah. But I understand why some people are the opposite. Well, for us who travel. You didn't know your dog was in here, did you? No. Well, I did, <laughs> but this is the first time in a long ever. Actually, I have to give her credit. The dog made it inside the the studio for the podcast. Yes, it was snoring for a little bit. No, oh, well, she doesn't have a microphone, so no, she's, she's laying down. She's fine. She's actually being a very good girl. Yes, this is a rare moment for her. Do you need to let her out? Do you want me to ramble on about something? I don't know. She seems like I don't know if she wants to get out or not. Yeah, she doesn't like the daylight saving times she, conversation. Right. But but anyway, for people who travel like us. There's numerous times where we wake up and it, and it's dark and we get to the airport, it's still dark, get on the airplane, still dark. Yeah. And we see the sunset mid-flight or sunrise mid-flight. Yeah. So here's, and also kind of a weird thing that, that apparently they've proven that more heart attacks happen. And well, there's a lot of time invested in this I study. I know. A lot of money. So there's actual science behind this, which is why... States are saying, let's get rid, let's just stay on daylight savings time all the time. Now, the reason I bring this up is because (laughs) if Illinois were to go on, stay on daylight savings time without the whole country doing it, okay, it would essentially put Illinois in the Eastern time zone from early November when we move the clocks back to early March when we spring forward, right? That time period, we would not do that anymore. So as a result, we would enter the Eastern time zone from November to March. And what that would mean is that primetime NFL games would kick off at 8.20 and 8.15. What? So they just can't keep it at 7.15? Why can't they just keep it at 7.15? Because the game... you Okay, when do they kick off in the Eastern time zone? I know. The game, so we're getting rid of time zones in a sense here. You're confusing me. I don't think you're understanding. All I know is that the, the, the NFL time. I know what you're saying. Same. Yes. Okay. So in the because the East Coast, try to follow me here. When the clocks move back, the East Coast is basically moving back to the Central Time Zone, but the Central Time Zone is moving their clock back an hour too. But Illinois would not be doing that. So Illinois would enter the Eastern Time Zone where. Kickoffs are always at eight fifteen and eight twenty. You know when we cover like a like a game in New York, it sucks. Yeah, at, at night it's an eight 
It's an 8.15 if it's Monday Night Football. It's an 8.15 kickoff. Game doesn't end until 11.30. We're getting back to the hotel at like 2 a.m. This is less about us, though, covering games. That's not even what I'm talking about. But could you imagine every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night when you want to sit down and watch one of these games? It's not starting until yeah, 8.20. I, I know what you're saying. We're getting I, no sleep. I, I guess... Joe, yeah. we got to stop this. We cannot allow this. We, this cannot happen. Where do I pick it? This this cannot happen. Joe already doesn't sleep, though. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Why can't they just get rid of the eight fifteen starts? I get you want the West Coast to watch it. I know you're 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 into this, Miss Mister Hogue. I know they want the West Coast to watch it. That's why you have eight fifteen starts. So it's what five fifteen out there. But like, can't you do like seven forty five or something? <laughs> well. In fairness, I mean, this is this is the East Coast deals with this all the time. Oh, I know. I Every, mean, this, everything's later on the East Coast. This yeah. is like tonight. If you live on the East, Co- if you live in the Eastern Time Zone, or even just in Indiana across the border, where it's Eastern Time Zone in Indiana, because some of it's Central. Um, every single primetime game starts that late. Yeah, your no, pr- your and I've never understood, like your primetime news starts that late because this is not just about sports. It's this, about their life. The yes, same thing with yes. like network TV shows at night. Yes. The news doesn't come on until 11 p.m. in New right, York. So like their, their late night shows are actually late night shows. Yeah, they start at like... 11, le- yeah. Well, there's no Letterman anymore, but Colbert and uh, 11 o'clock Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, 11 o'clock 11.35 yeah. every night. No, thank you. And, and like you talk to people, and I tweeted this out yesterday, and everybody who was responding from the East Coast is like, yeah, this sucks. These games are too late. That's what I mean. Can't I already, just be like, all right, we'll just do 7.30. You know, sorry, West Coast, you know? Well, you're just ignoring the West Coast? Forget them. <laughs> Forget them. It's a fugation state. You got to... If they want to watch the game and nowadays, just record it. Come on. I already want to move West because it is awesome when you're in... Like this, this I'm not going to lie. Sunday is going to be great. It's a night game. It just full full honesty with us here. We don't like covering night games. Yeah, because it's tough. I mean, you're you're not getting to your hotel till you one know, or two, one in the or morning. two in the morning, and we got an early flight to get back to Chicago. It's tough. So when the primetime game starts at five twenty, that's excellent compared to seven twenty, like we're used to here in Chicago, and that's what it is in in L.A. The game's at five twenty on yeah, Sunday. I'll night. say one thing: getting to that eight twenty start in Washington was miserable. Yeah, see, that was an eight. And a month, it's a Monday night. Now, this is a Sunday in L.A. Yeah. L.A. traffic's always awful, but... Okay. Feel better? No. Well, Not really. Stuff. No. <laughs> no, I don't feel good about it. Now, all I can say is... Uh, see, the plan here, guys, is just forget the West Coast. Do you think L.A. really is watching that much football anyway? Or we can just move to the West Coast. Who's coming with me? I like Arizona. Yeah, too warm out there. Too... It's... <laughs> There's snow on the ground right now. This is ridiculous. Um, no, the solution, though, and let's hope this happens, guys, is that the entire country stays on daylight savings time. Then the time zones, would we would still be in the central time zone the whole year. Then we don't have to worry about this. And for I'm those fu- confused, I would, I would encourage people to watch Veep and the episodes about the uh, daylight saving time. Just letting you know. Ooh, I want to do that. So I've I like Veep, but I've never been like I never watch it, you know, every week. So I haven't seen that episode, but that show's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's it can be a little much at times, but the 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 part about daylight saving that, that's a, that's a good 
uh, group of episodes for sure. That's good. Okay. I'm just letting people, this, dude, this is a PSA. People need to be aware <laughs> that this could happen. And then, you know, the interesting you, you thing. You so serious. We need to go to Springfield and record, man. This is, this is, uh, this is BS. And I, what would I apologize to- for the letters, man, but this is total BS. Let's do it. We'll be like, uh, you know, the, the sports gambling people that were like all of a sudden covering the Illinois legislature. Legislature. That's got to get, that's got to move to the back burner, man. Time is important. By the way, classic Illinois. I mean, basically missing an entire year of football gambling. By not getting, like, you passed the bill, and then you didn't implement it in time for football. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Classic. It's very Illinois. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, we got to, yeah, we got to tax the Uber rides more instead of getting all this money from sports gambling that you could have, that you basically just passed on. Congratulations. All right. We will uh, get to... The uh, the Los Angeles Rams here. Uh, Joe, since you're here, do you want to play the voicemails or should I? I can do it too if you want me to. I got them ready. Okay, let's do that. Here are your voicemails from, hey, a victorious voicemail segment for the first time in a long time. Bears beat the Lions. 42 days. <laughs> here are the voicemails. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312 222 5050. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Zibab, Johnny Joe, Jim, John, Jake, Jake, Johnny Joe, Rolf, Bob Dabrowski here, walking into the stadium by the sea, a.k.a. Soldier's Field, watching some Bears and versus the Lions. I got a couple predictions here for you. First of all, Mitch Trubisky, if he can master his body language and channel changers, six touchdowns, one rushing total of seven in the first half. That's it, boys. Uh, let's go Bears and uh, Bear Dots. Hope, Johns, Joey Joro, Fishman. Mike calling from St. Joe's Hospital in Denver, Colorado. I just woke up from a two-year coma, and I was just wondering, when are we going to get rid of this John Fox guy? This offense is bad. Oh. Studio from this Wayne Illinois. Boys, we have ourselves a tight end. Let's go Bears. Jeremy from Cal City. We're watching the same game plan every week, the same plays. Start to run, not working, get away from the run, throw the ball, and we score a touchdown. I mean, what the hell is this? I don't think I can watch these games anymore. Cal City rules. Bye. Hey, boys. Bob Dabrowski is here reporting live from Soldiers Field. Cheesy Beef just won the uh, beef race, and it was a thing of beauty. Go Bears! Rich from Fox Lake. The Bears were just called for an illegal block in the back, which begs the question, is there such a thing as a legal block in the back? Bear down. Chuck from Fine River, Minnesota. I can't believe this. The Bears just played the Detroit Lions at 31st ranked defense. Unfortunately, the offense is ranked 74th for the Bears. Hopefully they'll get it together. Bear down. Mike from the wrong side of the cheese curtain. The Boo Birds were starting to crow. Till the Bears scored three times in a row. May they ride that hot hand to the Rams' la-la land and once again go 1-0. and All right, there they are, your voicemails. I feel like they're better when they lose. <laughs> well, they're definitely <laughs> more angry, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's the big question there, as you heard on the last call, last poem. 
from the wrong side of the cheese curtain. Can the Bears stack a couple of victories here? This is a big game. This is a big game. This it's a is, winnable game. This is a game that I think either puts you in, even though it'd be a still a long shot, but in position to make a run or effectively end your, your chances. That's fair. That's fair. Because I don't think you're getting in at 10 and 6 this year. Like, I really do. You got to fully run the table. I fully believe you have to run the table. And I think if you win this game and you look at, okay, you got Giants and Lions coming up, two opportunities to help get you right again, it's still unlikely that you could win those last four games as hard as they are in December. But those last four games, I'm telling you, look different if all of a sudden you've won four in a row, right? Yeah, they do. You know, mentally, emotionally, even if you start getting your offense going and fix some of these issues. But if you lose this game, it just sets you back. And I, I it, it just makes everything harder. I, again, all of this is a long shot, but it's, I'm just speaking to the importance of winning this game someday. I, I almost feel like, considering how low things got, that getting back in the conversation and seeing some semblance of a improvement from Trubisky, I don't know how much there is to do that. I don't know what he could do personally to really change his story. At this point, like He's got to be outstanding the rest of the year and every single week for people to feel better about who he is for next year. I, I get your point, um, but those are moral victories in a season that's been disappointing overall. Um, that's it. This is a winnable ball game, Adam. I don't think people realize, we, we, we kind of mentioned this uh, on Tuesday, just how bad the Rams offense, specifically Jared Goff, has been this year. That's why I said earlier and teased this. These teams are very similar in that everybody, we're not far removed from everybody praising their offensive minded head coaches and these systems that they've brought in. And this is the next wave of NFL. And Sean McVay's got every assistant in the world getting head coaching jobs. They they have been the same as the Bears this year, kind of in terms of, well, let's say this, lately. Because there is still a big difference. I mean, the Rams still have the 12th ranked offense in the league. The Bears are 29th. Yes. All right. But how many people do you think know that Jared Goff has a worse passer rating than Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah. Not many. That's fact. It's right here. That's fact. It's right here. Trubisky's 26th. 85.2. Jared Goff, 29th, 82.7. And I get that passer rating is kind of a, a ridiculed stat in some circles, but even those circles, the advanced stats guys, will tell you Jared Goff's not that good. It's funny, though, because there's still... The Rams are six in passing yards per game. Yeah, yeah. So it's fascinating when you see the Bears are 30th, but the quarterback has a better passer rating than the quarterback of the team that's sixth. Yeah. Jared Goff's attempted over 100 more passes than Mitchell Trubisky this year. One more start, but still, no one's throwing 100 passes in one start. Yeah, I'm sure they've had a lot more plays, too, than the Bears have. Um, Other thing is Rams have given the ball away a ton. I mean, they have 16 giveaways. It's 24th in the league. One of the areas where the Bears have been really good is giveaways they've they're fifth yeah they've only given nine and mitch only has five interceptions jared goff is tied for uh 
Let's see. There are three quarterbacks. Let's count them here. One, two, three, four quarterbacks with nine interceptions, and Jared Goff is one of them, and only three quarterbacks have more than that. So that explains that'll bring your passer rating down. Yeah. So really, it's come down to the turnovers uh, for the quarterback. Um, now, so here's here's the thing. I, I watched the, uh, the Steelers-Rams game from Sunday this morning, and oh my God, was it a terrible game. It looked a lot like the Bears. A lot of penalties. Just ugly offense. Drops. Mistakes all over the place. The one difference I saw, both teams were relentless with their pass rush. And Aaron Donald's still a problem. And Clay Matthews was back out there for the Rams. And he's had he's been a problem for the Bears in the past when he was with the Packers. He's actually playing better for Los Angeles than I thought he would this year. The Rams' offensive line's beat up right now. They're down their center, and they're down. I think they're two. Rob Havenstein. Yeah. So, and they've had issues all season on that O line. Do you trust this Bears pass rush to get going though? Because they just it goes back to everything we talked about Tuesday with Khalil Mack. I mean, the bottom line is they have not been relentless lately. Well, all eyes at ninety-five. We keep saying this. Leonard Floyd, be better. That's it. But here's the thing. Leonard Floyd has not been horrible. It's fine. He's doing things. I know he's doing things. He's playing football. But go sack the quarterback. I know. But he's not. And teams, but it goes back to the game plan the teams have had. They're doing a really good job of getting rid of the ball faster, keeping it away from 52. Other guys need to make plays. I don't know if the corners need to play up. Well, this is where it gets a little bit situational, right? You stop Ty Gurley. Get yourselves in third and sixes, third and sevens, third and eights, maybe even better than that. Yeah. And then you could peel back and go get Jerry Goff, who hasn't actually been sacked that much this year. I think only 16 times this year. Um, I got all sorts of stats in front of me right now. Just put it puts him in the you know, lower half of the league, so not too bad. But yeah, yeah, it's a winnable ball game, man. You stop Todd Gurley. You play it safe offensively against a pretty darn good Rams defense. The Bears can escape with the win. Well, that's another area where the Rams have been similar to the Bears in that they've struggled to get the running game going. They are 20th in the league compared to 28th for the Bears, but when you have Todd Gurley, you're and he has clearly had his touches limited, um, hasn't been the same player, but he did bust off some huge runs in that game against the Steelers. He, he has flashes where he still looks like Todd Gurley. So I would have to give the Rams the edge there in the running game over what the Bears have shown consistently so far this season. I would still take Jared Goff over what we've seen from Mitch Trubisky this season. And the question is, though, why wide receivers... The Bears probably have the best wide receiver on the field. Yeah, although Cooper Cup is pretty darn good. Zero catches last week. Yeah, um, Cooper Cup is good. I'd give the nod to Allen Robinson. Brandon Cooks is out again this week. Concussion. It's very. This is a hard game. Very hard game to call. Do you want my pick? Let's do it. Predictions. Predictions. Part of me wants to pick the Bears in this one. Um, I think I'm actually six and three this year in my Bears picks. Not really? too bad. Not too it's bad. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go Rams like 17 16. Okay. I think it's close. I think it's very ugly. 
and the the uglier it gets, the better chance the Bears have. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I, I, I I'm dead serious. You know, um, part of this, to to be honest with you, is is I'm starting not to trust an Eddie Pinero. Missing extra points at home, switching hash marks, doing all sorts of different things. Now the good news is warmer weather. It's fine. It's fine. It seems like his struggles have Been started. Yeah, with the, the cha- wind kicking up and the, the, the change yeah. in climate here in Chicago, which that's fair. But still, seventeen sixteen. If Eddie Pinero is, is is better, maybe it's nineteen seventeen Bears. But it's gonna be a tight one. I'm sticking with it. Bears cover seventeen sixteen Rams. My, I actually think Trubisky outplays Goff, by the way. Okay. Um, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. His game last year against the Rams. Because this was the game. Bears won 15-6. to Bears defense was lights out. Okay. I don't... They were playing a lot better than they were... Than they are now. And they had Akeem Hicks. Who I think had a big game in this, in this one. Um... This was Mitch's first game back from a shoulder injury. Passer rating, 33.3. And the Bears still won convincingly yeah. Yeah. at home on Sunday Night Football. You know who had an interception that game? Roquan Smith. Mm. You know who doesn't have an interception this year? Roquan Smith. And Eddie Jackson. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> 110 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Amazing the Bears won this yeah. game last year. Yeah. I think he plays better than that. Uh, but this was his worst game of the season. Uh, let's see. Kyle Fuller picked off Jared Goff in this game. Defense held the NFL's number two ranked offense at that time to just six points. Like this was the game where the Rams they broke the Rams offense. Yeah, it's not Jared Goff has not been the same since. You talk about blueprints, and they the Bears showed the blueprint for stopping. For stopping the Rams, and and if you remember in the Super Bowl, the the Patriots ended up giving credit to what Vic Fangio did, what the Bears did. They watched a lot of that Bears tape, yeah, and it helped them win and beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. That all came out afterwards. Uh, one other thing that's notable in this game, because if you go back to what the Bears said after their game against the Rams last year, and part of the reason why Trubisky struggled, Matt Nagy said it, Mark Helfer said it, and Mitch Trubisky said it. That defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips, changed up his game plan tremendously. They played way more zone than they expected. Uh, Mark Helford said after the game, they played us almost 100% differently than their tendencies. It was almost a 180. And then Trubisky is another one of these games where he was citing his footwork as a problem, which happens too much. So the question is, can the Rams once again confuse Mitch and what he's seen? And we've seen that if that happens, usually. Well, their secondary personnel is considerably different. Yeah, they have Jalen Ramsey. Out yeah, there. who is the the best, what, man-to-man press corner in the league? Yeah. Like you would think, you would think... They would have him try to eliminate Allen Robinson. We think. Which the Eagles successfully did two weeks ago. Yes. Uh, also worth pointing out the injuries. While the uh, offensive line's banged up for the Rams, the Bears could be without Trey Burton. I don't know how much that actually matters. Oh, haven't they already been? Ho- oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's mean. That's mean. It could mean, though, that Adam. That's Schicht, mean. Adam Not Schicht mean enough bad. if you ask me, dude. Wow. 
Okay, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Danny Trevathan, obviously, is not playing, which we should mention. All right. And by the way, David Montgomery with an ankle injury out of nowhere. Yeah. Limited in practice yesterday. So that's something to watch. First of all, my bold prediction. Bold predictions. Is that Eddie Jackson gets his first interception. That was mine last week, wasn't it? Or two weeks ago? I don't know. Maybe. You guys should just alternate it until somebody gets it right. But I think he scores a touchdown on his interception. Hey, that was kind of my thing last week, too. Okay. Um, somebody listens to the podcast? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. Huge call out. Dude. I thought I called a defensive uh, score. No. Well, maybe not. I'm saying specifically Eddie Jackson. It's Boulder. Okay. Boulder prediction. Um. How about this? Here's my bold prediction. Leonard Floyd with a sack and a half. Jesus. Unfortunately, that is bold. Yes. Plus one on the... My gut is telling me the Bears can build on what they did last week. Show up on primetime. Leave LA with a victory. My head is saying that when you start comparing these teams, stacking up positions, which ones you'd rather have. I was impressed with the Rams' relentless pass rush their defense last week against the Steelers. I think they confused Mitch a little bit too much. I think the Bears only come out of this game with one offensive touchdown to go with that one defensive touchdown I'm predicting. Maybe add a Pinero field goal. I'm saying Rams 19, Bears 17. Joe? I'm not surprised that both of you guys have neither team scoring over 20 points. I think this is a defensive battle. I think one of the keys for the Bears is the swap that they made along the offensive line. You know, the fact that they made the switch last week and they already have Cody playing center because big old number 99, I know they move him around a lot on the defensive line, but Aaron Aaron Donald is coming. And I think it was good that they made that switch early. Um, as far as, as far as the score, I think the bears lose as well. I got it at 14, 10 Rams bears cover, but Rams win. So we all have the bears covering, but we all have the Rams winning. Uh, by the way, the spread is six and a half. Yeah, Bears cover. That. Seems kind of. It's one of those, it seems doesn't it seem high, Joe? Yeah, that seems way too high. I, when you see a line like this, something's something's you want in the, the water. Chicago there. money to move. Yeah. It. Well, that's what I'm saying. It seems like they're begging people to bet the Bears, um, which makes me almost wonder. It, it made me want to pick the Rams bigger than I did, honestly, because it just seems like one of those games. Well, okay, it seems too obvious that the Bears cover, so then the Rams will end up doing it uh, again. Seven twenty Sunday on NBC, the Sunday night game. Seven twenty. That's a key number, you know. Let's yes. keep it there. Not eight twenty. Yeah. Nobody yeah, wants eight. it then. I'm with you, man. That would be terrible. But at least it wouldn't be the whole season, though. It would just be starting in November. But still, goodbye, sleep. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Should also mention that. Um, because you brought up the switch on the O-line, Joe, the Bears neutralized Aaron Donald last year in that game. And James Daniels was was a big part of that. Yeah, he played well. So we'll see if they could do it again. All right, we should get to our other picks. We'll get through these quickly. The Packers are on a bye. So we'll start with the Detroit Lions. They're hosting the Dallas Cowboys noon Sunday on Fox. The Lions three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Cowboys. Think they cover? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Stafford's out again, right? Yeah. 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 I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, he's got broken bones in his back. He could be out for a bit. We talked about this. One hit away from... I mean, at this point, I would sit him out the whole year. Get him right. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Lions are the Lions again. Give me the Cowboys almost on a route, I think. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys here, too. I think the Lions are just trending in the wrong direction. Cowboys badly need a win after losing to the Vikings. I'm going to take Dallas. Yeah, another fishy line here where the the starting quarterback is out, an MVP candidate almost, and that's still only three and a half. Like, I would think that Stafford accounts for more than just, you know, a couple of points here. So uh, I like the Cowboys to bounce back big here and cover at least the three. So there you go. Is that me again? That was you. That's the original one from like years ago, is it? I think we got a couple on here. <laughs> that's that's a mad sneeze for you right there. Okay, all right. Uh, the <laughs> Fighting Vic Fangio's Denver Broncos head to Minnesota. Vikings look good, man. Noon Sunday on CBS. Vikings 10.5 point favorites. So I'm looking at their losses recently, right? So they lose to the Colts. 15 to 13. Which team are you talking about now? The Broncos. Okay. They lose to the Chiefs 30 to 6. I just feel like that's a, a big spread. Right? Just talking about it. does. Give me the Broncos to cover. Like Vic Fangio is very familiar with what the Vikings do, very familiar with ruining Kirk Cousins' world. Now, he doesn't have the, quite the personnel that the Bears have. We, we all know that, but they can keep this close. They could definitely keep this close, but they're not going to win. So Vikings cover. Yeah, Vikings. Or, or sorry, Broncos cover. Vikings have been pretty good um, at home, though. And can, I, you just, can you see Kirk Cousins blowing out a Vic Fangio defense, though? See, and by the way, this defense has been playing very well lately. I made this mistake though when they played the when they went to Green Bay back in September, the Broncos. I think the spread was like six and a half. And I was like, oh, the Broncos are gonna cover that. They ended up losing by eleven. So by the way, ten and a half, eleven, right there. That's probably why this number is where it is. I don't love it, but I'm gonna take the Vikings to cover. I I'm with you, Moat, for the most part. I feel like the Broncos can definitely stay in this thing, but I don't know. Dude, by the way, the NFL's been so unpredictable. It's been so hard. Like, yeah, yeah. The Chiefs losing last week in Tennessee. Come on. So I'm going to take the Vikings, but I don't like it. Yeah, this seemed kind of like a letdown spot when I first looked at it. The Vikings uh, coming off that big win against the Cowboys. Um, and, and I probably would take the Broncos if they had a better starting quarterback. Brandon Allen doesn't inspire much confidence. I think they can cover 10 and a half at home. So I'll take the Vikings too. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. Been a while since we've heard that. HJQ. The Houston Texans go to Baltimore. It's a good game this week. Why is this game at noon? I don't know. Because to, pay, to watch it. Because the next game. At nine in the morning. 10. 10. 10 in the morning. Yes. Uh, see, I'm already on East Coast time. It man. would be night if we were. I know. Not Look, see what you did. You, you messed with my mind. You've already moved your clock ahead. Yeah. Um. I have. Yeah. Anyway, Ravens four point favorite. I love these quarterbacks. Um. Two MVP candidates. I'm all in on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I drive it if they let me. It's fun. He's electric. I like the way he interacts with the media. He's got a great vibe to him. Just, just like very charismatic naturally. Did you get that sense? Mm-hmm. Um, Texas has got questions defensively, man. Um, 
Give me Ravens here. I think the Ravens actually might win handedly. Yeah, I like the Ravens too. I think the Texans are good, not great. Texans had they, they, like as good as Deshaun Watson is. He's had some ebbs and flows to his season, and, and that Ravens defense pretty solid. There's a yeah, and there's a ceiling I think to this to this Texans team, especially in Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens are on a roll. I think they've won five in a row. I will take the Ravens to cover. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about about that uh, Texans defense trading Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt gets hurt. But that last game that they played in London against the Jaguars, they were putting a lot of pressure on the uh, Jacksonville quarterback. I expect that to continue. Um, I, I I do enjoy watching that uh, that offense from the from the Ravens with um, who's the offensive coordinator over there? He was in Greg Roman. Yeah, Greg Roman. I, he's he did great with Kaepernick, and he's doing great with uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, but I, I think the Texans keep this a little bit closer than what people are saying, so I'll take the Texans to cover. By the way, I think the Ravens are the Vegas favorites right now to sign Colin Kaepernick because he would fit really well as a backup to Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. They're Greg Roman. Who's connection. their backup right now? The RG3. Penn State, right? No, oh, is it the kid from Penn State there too? Yeah, Trace McSorley, but yeah. they kind of view him as more of like a, I think he's like on special teams and doing a bunch of different Still stuff. No kidding, huh? I didn't I think know that. so. Yeah. Yeah, last uh, week. Yes, RG3 a... was out there. Did you see the, what they had the other day? Like the Heisman back Yeah, there? I was just going to talk about that. RG3, Lamar Jackson. It? Explain and, it. And, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Uh, they had three Heisman winners Lamar Jackson, flanked by, um, who'd you say? Um, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, and uh, RG3. And they did a like a, an option to Ingram, but he kept the ball and he rolled out and he pitched it out to Robert Griffin III. Got a nice little first down. Wow. Called yeah. it the Heisman package, or at least that's what I'm calling it. The Ravens are fun. Usually don't describe their offense as fun, especially when Joe Flacco was there, but um, they certainly have been. So uh, that, like you said, I mean, that's an interesting game right there. Two good quarterbacks. And what, wasn't that the one we were suspecting might get flexed? Yeah. Instead of the Bears? I'll watch it at 10 in the morning, though. I'll be, I'll be watching it if there's a TV where the sun is shining. Okay. So this is my first time ever doing this. So, yeah, don't give me too hard of a time. Patriots Eagles. This is why this this game is your late afternoon America's game of the week. Well, it's actually on CBS, so I don't think they call that. But that's your national game in the late afternoon window, three twenty-five Sunday on CBS. Eagles at home, three and a half point dogs. Patriots coming off their bye. Eagles are too, actually. Yeah. Um... Go ahead. I'm thinking about it. Well, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, I think the Eagles are going to play tough, and they're at home. It's going to be dark for most of this game, kind of giving it a nighttime uh, atmosphere. But Patriots coming off a bye. I just think in the end they pull away. As yeah. much as I want to say the Eagles barely cover at three and a half, I'm going to take like the Patriots winning by four or five points. You know, like Tom Brady hasn't been particularly good this year. No, but they just win. I know they just lost recently, but that was against the my guys, uh, the Ravens. Um, give me the Pats. It's always tough picking against. Right, that's like the yeah, only yeah, thing. Yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it's like that's the, Patri- it comes down to, the yeah. Patriots bias. It's just too hard to pick against them. Joe, yeah, and, and, and we struggle, too, when both teams are coming off the bye. I think the Patriots' defensive issues were exposed a little bit. Obviously, they had dominated going into the Baltimore game. 
Um, I, I think the Eagles tight ends take advantage the same way that they did against the Bears. They get after the Patriots. Um, obviously, I'll take the three and a half points, but I'm not sure that the Eagles need it at home. I think they beat the Patriots straight up. It, ooh, I like it. So just lock it up, dude. Just lock it. Uh, let's, ooh. Uh, let's do it. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. You know, there is an argument to be made that the Patriots might not be as good as they look. And because, de- because they play in that division. Their yeah. defense is getting a ton of credit, and then all of a sudden they give up 37 points to the Ravens. If you really looked at their schedule... Yeah, I know, okay. I, I know exactly what you're talking They about. played the Steelers at home. Now, the Steelers look better now, and they did have Ben, Roethlis- ben Roethlisberger back then, but they were a mess in the first few weeks of the season. So they, they kill the Steelers week one. That's a good win. Then they play the Dolphins. Awful. Jets. Awful. Bills. Fraud, Washington, terrible, Giants, awful, Jets again, awful, Awful. Browns, huge disappointment, and that was at home. Then all of a sudden they play the Ravens, who are a good team, and they lost convincingly. Yeah. So that, if you look at it that way, I like Joe's prediction. Lock it up with me, buddy. Let's go. Let's do a double lock. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Why the hell not? I can't get any of these right anyway. Now I'll be right or wrong, no matter which way I do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. Credit for both sides, baby. It's the way to pick them. I love it. All right. Uh, let's move on to Mexico City, assuming they can get the field ready in time like they couldn't last year. Uh, no, it doesn't sound like there's any issues this time around. So Chiefs and Chargers play in Mexico. 7-15 Monday on ESPN. This is your Monday Night Football game. Chargers are technically the home team. Three and a half point underdogs. Chiefs. Think they bounce back? Yeah. Yeah. That Chargers game, man, that's going to be the one. That's going to be the game this year yeah, that just, when yeah. it's all over, you look back and you go, man, if Eddie Pinero just made that field they goal. They got parkied. They got parkied. You don't like Eddie Pinheiro all of a sudden. Well, it's it's fair to question his, his reliability, especially at home. That's why I was asking questions about the weather before the weather even turned. Yeah. Oh. And look what you... You jinxed us. I didn't have anything... You jinxed do. us. I had nothing to do with it. Give I guess me, I am a communist. Give me the Chiefs, and I'll lock them up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. These two teams are hard to figure out right now, but I do think the Chiefs are better. They... Are a desperate spot where they need to win. Better coached. Uh, they still have Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Chiefs here. Kansas City was a cover machine last year. This year against the spread, five and five. That's a really surprising number. Um, but I do think that the chefs are better than three and a half points in Kansas City, in San Diego, and in Mexico City. So I will take the Chiefs to cover three and a half. We're moving to college football quickly here. And this first game, I just wanted to pick it because it's so fun. Ohio State goes to Rutgers. (laughs) This is the best spread ever. They are on the road. They are 52 and a half point favorites. The Buckeyes at Rutgers. 52 and a half. I'm rooting for Rutgers. That's absurd. I mean, I'm going to want to watch this game just, 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 yeah. <laughs> just to see if they can do it. Yeah, yeah. 2.30 Saturday on the Big Ten Network. Look, the Buckeyes put up 
points in a flurry. So like they could be up thirty five nothing at halftime and and start benching their their starters. The problem is the backups you probably never heard of unless you like you, you cover college recruiting. Yep. Are probably significantly better than Rutgers starters. So, in our in our pick'em league, I started this thing last year in the middle. Actually, it was still early in the season because I know Rutgers was playing Buffalo when I did it. I just decided I'm going to start picking against Rutgers every week. Now, there's going to be some weeks where I'm wrong, but overwhelmingly major majority of the time they do not cover, and. I think this year I've only been wrong once, and it was when they played Liberty. So, this spread makes it a little scary because it's 52.5 points, but it's also the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, let's do this to good old Ohio State. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Two locks today. Let's go. Never good old Ohio State, but uh, did you see a guy out in Vegas put five bucks on the Rutgers money line? You see what that turnaround would be? What would it be? A cool 10 G's, baby. For five bucks? Yeah. So he yeah. just took that five bucks and threw it in the trash. Ohio State covers 52 and a half. I would lock it up too, but I don't care much for that team. You're talking about like a 60 point win here, people. <laughs> well, they, they put up 73 on Maryland. I last know, week. I know, I know, I know. Ugh. There's no. That's amazing. That Bunch of bullies. Just the money line five dollars turns into ten G's. I mean, this would is it? Would this be the greatest upset upset of all time if Rutgers won? Didn't, mm. didn't Evansville just beat somebody? <laughs> yeah, but that's college basketball. Yeah, I know there was that one where Vegas or uh, UNLV got upset. I, I don't know what that spread was, but probably wasn't fifty two and a half. Yeah. So I think the scary thing here, if you're worried about Ohio State covering this is um, like Maryland still put up two touchdowns last week even though Ohio State scored 73. So I think that made it still a 59 point margin though. Rutgers is even worse though. I mean they're bad and even though this is at Rutgers like it's going to be like you can tell like when Michigan goes and plays in Jersey it's you can tell the color difference like everybody out there is going to be wearing scarlet but not cheering for Rutgers. Like, everybody's out there cheering for Ohio State. And it's going to be one of those games where there's, like, nobody in the stands. That is a sleepy place to go see a college football game. All right. Uh, did you make a pick? Yeah. Rutgers. Okay. And I uh, like the Buckeyes, too. You yeah. just picked Rutgers. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Checking to see if the TVs are on. I had us all. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> Sniper wow. in the building. Shots Fired. Woo. What? Are you, what? <laughs> Number 23, Navy. Navy's back, baby. They made a couple down years. They are back at number 16, Notre Dame. This is always kind of, it feels like a game Notre Dame always struggles with. Yeah, yeah. Seven and a half point favorites. The Irish are at home, 130 Saturday on NBC. The Navy's still running at the option, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame's always had trouble with that. I'm going to take Navy. Yeah, me too. Let's make it three. Do it. Three's a party. It's always fun rooting against Notre Dame. Do your research. All right, and finally, number eight, Minnesota. I went against them last week. They uh, they made me look bad. Their biggest game in all, Jesus, 60 years. They convincingly, and I'll give them a lot of credit, convincingly beat Penn State. That was no fluke. 
They straight up beat Penn State at home last week. Now they go to Iowa. How about more disrespect? Iowa is a three-point favorite at home against Minnesota, 3 o'clock Saturday on Fox. See, you almost want to pick the Hawkeyes for like a, the letdown game yeah. for the Gophers, but like they're the dogs. I know. Give me the Gophers. If Minnesota was favored, this is that. That's the thing. Like Minnesota was favored, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden gave the respect. They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah I, I was going to win." DJ Fleck could just walk in there, like put the line up. Nobody believes us. Yeah, throw our damn boat, Minnesota. Row the damn boat, Joe. What do you think here? You know, I was impressed by Minnesota last week, especially the uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. with a couple interceptions, and probably could add another one. Um, I was kept it close in in the games that where they played ranked teams. Uh, they only lost by a touchdown against Michigan. Then they lost by five against Penn State, and then last week just the two points against Wisconsin. So I, I don't think they they're intimidated by a Golden Gopher team. And we've talked about how tough it is to play at Iowa City. Um, I'm not sure they score enough points to cover against Minnesota, though. That's the tough part. You really need the quarterback to play better to 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 show that he's an NFL prospect. My gut says Iowa, but I'm kind of rooting for Minnesota to be undefeated when they play Ohio State in the championship. Yeah, um, I, I'm I am going to take Minnesota here to cover, but I still kind of think Iowa is going to win the game. I do think this is going to be a letdown. I think Iowa is still a tough team at home. They've had a, a tough schedule as of late. Um, of course, they only beat Purdue by six at home. I don't know. I I just I'm going to take the Hawkeyes here. I think they win it on a field goal, like kind of right at the end of the game. I think this is going to be kind of a an old school Big Ten football game, like that Wisconsin game was last week. Wisconsin Iowa. That game ended on a goal line stand and a fullback dive. Perfect Wisconsin-Iowa game. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. That does it. That's the picks. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. That, that, that'll get the job done. All right. We all had the Bears losing. A covering. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. It's kind of the deal. Like, got to prove us Eddie wrong. Eddie Pinheiro redemption game. I like Eddie Pinheiro in California. 45-yarder. I think the weather's been an issue. Yeah. It's like he tried to overcompensate for that. Yeah. The wind it has missed the other day. I think the wind's been playing tricks on him. Maybe it'll still be windy in L.A. I don't know. All right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Joe Romano's at Joey Joe Rowe. Go Follow blue, him there. State. What was that? Go Blue. Beat State. Oh, yeah. We should have picked that game. Who you got in that game? Oh, Michigan by a lot. By a lot. Michigan State going to fire D'Antonio? Right after the game, buddy. Ooh. I would say he needs to beat Michigan for his job security. He's beat them both times in the big house. Well, I mean against Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. Read us, rate us, follow us, review us. Appreciate you guys. See ya. Talk to you after the game in L.A. What question are you asking me?